Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Isaiah chapter 9 stands as one of the most striking in the Old Testament in its remarkable unveiling of our Savior Christ. From the great light of verse 2, fulfilled in Matthew 4, to the Son given to us in verse 6, the wonderful Counselor, and the mighty God, and the everlasting Father, this is the Christ of Isaiah. Don't miss his unmistakable appearance on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Ron Kangas has joined us again. Ron, this is really one of the great passages from the Old Testament revealing Christ. And I'm looking forward to this program today with a lot of anticipation. I share that anticipation. It's a delight to be able to participate in this wonderful and profound portion of the Word. Oh, Isaiah 9, its prophecies and the fulfillment of the prophecies in the New Testament, and the application to us in our experience of Christ as believers. We have much to look forward to, and although we're limited in our present capacity, we can contribute at least something to the enlightenment of our dear listeners as we receive through the ministry the genuine and proper opening and expounding of Isaiah chapter 9. Ron, Isaiah chapter 9, I think, is most often thought of because of verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government is upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. What a view that we're given of the Lord Jesus Christ in so many of his divine attributes in this verse. And we'll come to this verse in our second portion today and get into it in a very touching and experiential way. But because this verse also reveals something crucial concerning the nature of the triune God and specifically the relationship between the Son given to us and the mighty God, Eternal Father. I want to take a couple of minutes at the onset today and ask you to develop this matter before we get into the heart of the program. Let's look at what the verse is saying. Unto us a child is born. Surely, prophetically, that refers to the incarnation and birth of Jesus, the God-man, the complete God and the perfect man, divine and human, two natures in one person. Unto us a son is given. 
Surely this reminds us of passages in the Gospel of John, God gave his only begotten Son. This refers to the divinity of Christ given to us by God for our salvation and for us to receive in him the gift of eternal life, the life of God himself. Then we are told the name of the child that's born, the son given to us, is the mighty God. So this is God himself becoming a man, God manifested in the flesh, as Paul says in 1 Timothy. The Lord Jesus is God and man. Then we come to the designation Eternal Father. That's one of his designations, one of his names or statuses. Eternal Father. Surely Eternal Father must in some way refer to the Father and the Godhead just as the mighty God refers to God himself. So how could the Son be named and designated and called Eternal Father in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. One of the disciples said, Lord, show us the Father. And the Lord said, Have you been with me so long? You don't know. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The Son lived because of the Father. He did the will of the Father. He spoke the work of the Father. He came in the name of the Father. He carried out the work of the Father. He sought the glory of the Father, and he expressed the Father. Therefore, to see the Son is to see the Father. We link this with Isaiah 9-6. Yes, the Son can be called the Eternal Father because the Father is in him, the Father is expressed through him. When you see Son, you see Father. How wonderful. Well, this really is one of the clearest passages in the entire Bible, both from the Old Testament or New, that helps us to understand the Trinity more clearly. But there's another great unveiling of Christ in this chapter, and also a hint, at least, concerning his church. And those are found in the first two verses in chapter 9. But gloom does not remain in the place where there was anguish. Formerly, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali contemptibly. But afterward, he treats the way of the sea across the Jordan with glory, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light upon those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Light has shined. Isaiah doesn't say anything about the church, but quite a number of hints indicating that the church is on the way to come. Now, the first hint is here. When Christ was the shoot of Jehovah and the fruit of the earth, he was there just with 
the Jews, Israel. But up to chapter 9, when Christ was the great light, by this time, somewhat, he left the pure Jews, Israel. He went to a people, you may say they are Gentiles, you may also say they are Jews. This is Isaiah's prophecy. He indicated clearly this is the way of the sea across Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Now, when those 120 came together, you tell me, were they Jews or were they Gentiles? Neither Jews nor Gentiles, but the church. Peter, John, James, the all were there. Were they Jews or Gentiles? Church. Are you one with the Jews? Or are you one with Gentiles? If you say yes, both are wrong. You are one with the church. Hallelujah. Where you came? Yet to say, you came from Galilee. <laughs> you came from the despised region. But that despised region is the very origin of the church. The church started from there. The people who walked in darkness, that means the people in Galilee, who walked in the darkness, have seen a great light upon those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, light has shined. When this prophecy was fulfilled, you better go to Matthew chapter 4. There you could see when Christ came to Galilee, Matthew tells us that was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 9. Is this fulfillment still continuing? Yet to say a big yes. Jesus still visiting the despised regions to get the despised people. This is Christ increasing. This is Christ spreading. This is Christ growing on this earth. Ron, uh, surely there's no mystery in seeing Christ unveiled to us in verse 6, but verses 1 and 2 are a bit more challenging. Again, the great light seen by the people walking in darkness must refer to Christ, but how do we see a hint at least of the church in this phrase, Galilee of the nations? So there you have a prophetic utterance concerning Galilee. In the light of that, consider Matthew chapter 4. When the Lord began his public ministry, after being approved by the Father and after defeating the devil, his public ministry began. Where did he go? To Galilee of the Gentiles. 
And here we have in Matthew 4 the fulfillment, at least in part, of this wonderful prophecy in Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. A great light. Surely this is the Lord himself. We know from John eight twelve, he is the light of the world. He is the light of life. We know from John 1, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The true light came into the world. So in his ministry, the Lord went to this particular region, Galilee, to shine upon and to announce to those sitting in darkness and in the region and shadow of death the gospel of the kingdom. We have a very clear and exact fulfillment of that prophecy in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. When he went there and announced the gospel of the kingdom, he brought to himself people who will eventually be components, not of the nation of Israel, but of the genuine church of God. And we know from the record in the New Testament that Paul and others, in proclaiming the gospel, would first go to Jews, and some believed, but many did not. Then they turned to the Gentiles. And the vast majority of believers today, believers in Christ, are from the nations, from various ethnic groups. They're not out of Israel, ethnically speaking. So this shows an indirect connection between Isaiah 9, Matthew 4, and the church. Many of us can testify we were in darkness. We were in the land of the shadow. We were in the realm of death. But a light came. And through that light, according to John 12, we were born of the light to become sons of light, to become children of God with the life and nature of God, to compose the church of God, the body of Christ. Well, Ron, now we come to verse 6. And as we mentioned earlier, here, Witness Lee was not attempting to touch the theology of this verse in his life study but to bring us back to the experience of Christ. And in going through it, he only gets as far as, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Let's join Witness Lee. The unveiling of Christ as a wonderful one. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah 9, 6-7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. A child, this is human child. A son is given to us, this is divine son. Because John 3.16 says, God loved the world that he has given his only begotten son. And this giving of the divine son depends upon the birds of the human child. 
without the birth of the human child, there's no way for God to give us his divine son. The divine son of God is given through the birth of the human child. And the government is upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. Here, the text, the manuscript has a problem. No one can decide whether you should put a comma after wonderful and counselor, whether you put, as we do, a wonderful counselor. No one can say which is right. So I say both. He is the wonder, he is the counselor, he is also the wonderful counselor. The mighty God, the eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now, he is wonderful mainly in being the counselor. My goodness, his counseling is the best. Ron, in section three, we're going to hear a wonderful testimony of Witness Lee's first-hand experience of Christ as the Wonderful Counselor when he was a prisoner of war at the early stage of World War II. But I want to come back to the phrase just before this, where Isaiah tells us the government is upon his shoulders. In this time of almost global chaos regarding world governments, what is this passage revealing to us? This passage is clearly revealing that the Lord Jesus Son of David is the king. He came as the king. He proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom so that believers would be born of the Spirit and enter into the kingdom of God through regeneration and then would participate in the genuine church life as the kingdom of God in practicality. But we know that on the earth today outwardly, there is human government as ordained by God in Genesis. But with human government, there are all sorts of problems. But the commitment God has made to his Son is that he will inherit the entire earth as his kingdom. So when the Lord Jesus returns with his overcomers, human government will be abolished according to the destruction of the human image portrayed in Daniel 2. And the Lord will be king with his throne in Jerusalem, and the entire earth will be his kingdom. So the government is placed upon his shoulders— And believe me, the time is coming, and we hope soon, in which the king will return, the age will be changed, and the manifestation of the kingdom will be on the earth, and his kingdom will increase and increase and increase until it fills the whole earth. Eventually, the increase will require, according to Revelation, a new heaven and the new earth, with the new Jerusalem, a corporate person, 
as the eternal consummation of the kingdom of God, in which Christ the Lord is the King. Ron, as promised, we have a wonderful testimony by Witness Lee in our final section. Again, no theology, just a child of God experiencing Christ in a most intimate and cherishing way as his wonderful counselor. Uh, during the wartime, I was arrested and put into the Japanese jail. They spent one month to uh, ask me a lot of questions, which all were very hard to answer. When I was there answering, I looked to the Lord. Lord, you answer for me. I experienced Christ is really the wonderful counselor. He gave me the answer. One morning, they asked me to come out of jail. They raised up such a question. Is the country first or God first? Which is first? Your country or your God? I wouldn't answer. That was the Lord's counseling. Why wouldn't you answer me? I said, I'm afraid that you will be angry with me. That was a good strategy, you know. <laughs> to calm him down. Then he asked again, Please tell me, is God first? Is the country first? I said, God first. This is Christ's counseling. He said, okay, okay. Now, he began to mock me. Okay, okay, God is for you. From this time, we don't give you any food. Your God will give you dinner. My companion was a Greek. One of the Japanese soldiers came to distribute food to us. He gave food to the Greek, but when she came to me, he said, you have to look to your God. And the, the young Greek said, okay, let us too share the food. The Japanese served Europeans with European food, served Chinese with Chinese food. The European food is somewhat richer than the Chinese. <laughs> so I got a richer dinner. <laughs> so the next morning, they called me out of the jail to talk to me. Have you got your dinner last night? I said, yes. <laughs> so, Christ is the wonderful counselor. Ron, I, th I think we all have had experiences of Christ in this way, at least I hope so, though probably not in as dramatic a scenario as we just heard. On a few occasions, I've heard you testify of how the Lord has counseled you through very difficult times. Would you have the feeling to share one of these for our listeners today? Well, you asked me to share one of these difficult times, and I will do in a simple way. Just two years ago, my wife of so many years finished her course and went to be with the Lord. Uh, she was an elderly person, as I am, as I speak this word. So here I was, 
and yes, a common situation of human loss. The loss of many other loved ones, yes, but a spouse. I didn't know how to be. How do I go on? How do I live? What is the next step in my journey? I needed Christ to be my counselor. And he was not only as the one enthroned in the heavens, but in fulfillment of his own word in John 14, he became another comforter, the indwelling, life-giving spirit in my spirit, applying to my tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body, what he is presently doing in his heavenly ministry to dispense himself and transmit himself into me. And I can testify of him. His counsel was wonderful, tender, wise, accurate, perfect, wonderful. He is my and he is all the believers' wonderful counselor. Let's not... Allow me to say, try to be heroes. Let's admit our need, our weaknesses, our dependence, so that we may be in a position to admit to the Lord Jesus, I need you, Lord, in a way I've never needed you before. I need you to be my comforter, my indwelling counselor. Guide me with your shining, guide me with your flowing life, guide me with your word. And my testimony is, he's faithful to do this in all of us. Thank him, praise him, wonderful he is, counselor he is. This is the reality of the Christ prophesied in Isaiah 9-6. Ron, I really appreciate your opening up such a a tender and loving word to us today. And I know our listeners did also. I really look forward to many more such times as we continue in this life study of Isaiah. We also appreciate having you all with us today and invite you to stay with us for the entire life study of one of the truly great books in the Bible, the book of Isaiah. If you'd like to contact us, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788
Thanks for listening today.